and the Cleveland Browns have made it into the NFL playoffs for the first time in 18 long years. Going deep, he's got Colin Sexton has the Cavs' last 17 points. Looking for 20. Oh, my! You're tuning into the Wheel Sports Podcast with Austin, Keith, Peyton, and Riggs. Make sure to stay tuned for your latest sports news on the Wheel Sports Podcast. Why don't you shut the hell up? We're live, pal. We're live. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the We Like Sports Podcast. My name is Riggs. This is Peyton Vince. We're also going to be joined by our buddy Ryan, a.k.a. MC No Walk is what he's known for. And we're going to give you a great show today. We're going to be talking sports today. We're live from my living room, dining room, actually. You know, um, we like to give people a change of scenery. You know, keep people on their toes. Keep people guessing. But we want to thank you for joining us here it's from 7.30 to 9.30 here on Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter. Thank you very much. Shout out to KM Voice. Uh, also, shout out Hooligans Gym. Shout out Coach and everybody along with the KM Voice family. So, let's begin. Well, how's your day today, Riggs? See, like, honestly, um, I'm happy, like, because today makes me feel like baseball season really is going to begin here in Northeast Ohio, honestly, because... I, or earlier today, I was wearing one of my many Cleveland Indians hats and wearing the shirts. And I'm seeing more people out in my neighborhood and seeing just more stuff being represented for baseball. And I feel like people are getting ready for baseball here in Northeast Ohio, regardless of the drama that we have inside our office and outside our office and people who are no longer in our office. People are ready for baseball. I go outside. I'm breathing the fresh air. The kids two houses down are out there shooting hoops. The one kid rolled his ankle on my way in. Oh. Been there, done that one. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, like, like, and that takes a lot out of you too whenever you end up having essentially like all your effort behind you. I mean, think about it. We were in this time last year, we were in quarantine. And the next thing you know, you're able to actually play outside now. You're able to actually have like a quote unquote normal life. And I mean, what if that was the kid's first time playing basketball in a year and he just rolled his ankle that, that, first night's day? That does make sense because last year during this time, they were really not outside all like that. I, that does make sense because I'm like, remember, like, wow, you didn't have a mustache last year. Oh, yeah, because you were, you know, sitting in the house going through quarantine last year. But it's great to see kids out here in environments, rather they're playing organized sports or not, rather they're on the front shooting hoops, throwing a ball, playing tag, whatever. Just it's nice to be active and the area, especially that we live in right now in Northeast Ohio. The sun is shining. People are getting ready for baseball. I know that. We're going to have some baseball talk for you on this show, some MLB talk. Um, Do we got a little bit of uh, NFL? Yeah, we'll talk NFL, unfortunately. Uh, it's been a while since then. But, I mean, honestly, with everything going on, we have to kind of hit on the NFL now. And, obviously, with the Browns free agent signings, you and Ryan are both Browns fans. So, Overall, we're definitely going to hit on that, and there's a lot more to continue on with. But anyways, on that note, Ryan, are you there? So actually, let me double check that your audio is on. 
But yeah, we're still struggling with the video anyways, though. For the tip-off, we'll hit on that so we don't completely slow our roll. No pun intended, even though Ryan's with us. <laughs> ah, I thought you were going with wrestling right there, but okay. But we'll know your role. Never mind. Anyways, for the tip-off, Mike Tyson against Evander Holyfield, May 29th. It's going to happen. Okay, well, in my opinion, I've, I haven't seen, I don't want to sound totally Tyson biased and say Tyson's going to beat his ass, et cetera, et cetera. During the commercial break when the show is over, I will do some research and see what uh, Holyfield, right? Yeah. I will do some research and see if if Holyfield can also still throw those hands, if he still has got the good cardio speed to keep up with Mike Tyson. Um, Now, in my... Oh, in my honest to God opinion, I believe it's going to be a great showdown that's going to happen between the two dudes. I don't believe there's no physical wordplay beef between the men. The men are grown men. They have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So I think this is something that two former athletes who probably did hate each other's guts back in the day, they're just like, hey, let's just go in there, give a good show, and hey, if I tag you really one good time, we're, we're professional boxers still regardless. Our hands are registered weapons. So don't cry like a little bitch about it. No pun intended. So I'm, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to see this. Like there's no Twitter beef between them that I know of. And if anybody else does, please let us know in our We Like Sports chat here on Facebook Live. So if I can get your opinion, if I can get Ryan's opinion on that too. Yeah, I mean honestly, I'll go first because we're still trying to get Ryan's audio really quick. Just as as far as that. Well, I mean on that note with Tyson and Evander Holyfield. I mean, honestly, like you said, it's two older boxers that haven't been around. I mean, Mike Tyson was done for a long time, and it's, what, their third fight in the last 30 years or so? So it's very exciting. I just hope that it's not, like, two old guys hugging. Like, I hope it's not, like, how, like, a Mayweather fight is, you know? Like, it's just always something with, like, with with boxing. Like, you don't want to match up, like, Conor McGregor and Mike Tyson, or not Mike Tyson, but, like, uh... Floyd Mayweather again. So, obviously, it has to be worth the money, and the money's there because Holyfield hasn't even been boxing in a while either. He kind of took a step back, so it's about equal with that perspective. But I'm excited to see it. I saw that it was just like the first time I noticed it was today, but it's worth watching to see how it's going to end up turning out. Like, what is the result going to be? How are these fighters going to be afterwards? Because this is their first time and how long? Exactly. And, like, during this whole process, during the fight, now, when these two were in their prime way, 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 when I was a little kid, I wasn't staying up late watching their matches because my uncles were smoking funny cigarettes in the other room and I wasn't allowed in there. And it was past my bedtime. So... Now that I'm an adult, I would like to maybe see a weigh-in between these guys. Maybe a little bit of light trash talking at a at a weigh-in. Maybe, I don't know, a training montage between the two. You know, something to get me hyped and get me entertained for these guys. Like, I don't want to sound like that WWE fan that says, well, I never got to see The Undertaker or Stone Cold live, so I'll see them now when they're old. I want to use that aspect right now in the boxing world because... That to me, like that's great. I've seen that other stuff in the other professional worlds many a times now. Tyson versus Holyfield. Who cares if they're old? I know I'm going to get an entertained show, regardless of the fact of the matter. Like Mike Tyson now. Okay, Mike Tyson, the man now than he was back then. During this fight, he might laugh, he might crack a smile, he might wink. Where to the man Mike Tyson thirty years ago 
will stare a hole right through you and they called him Iron Mike for a damn reason. Right. So it's like it's going to be interesting in my honest to God opinion. Well, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this upcoming fight that I mean, obviously, it's kind of like that key time frame, too. Like, this is back when it was Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. That was in August. And then you had um, Mayweather against Pacquiao was in May, I think. So, mm-hmm. like, they're all lining up around the same time. I wonder if there's any rhyme or reason behind that, too. Uh, it's usually – that's how they cycle through. Like, there'll be one big – usually, like, spring, fall, summer. Like, it just, there'll be, like, one big to-do – before then and there'll be another big to do depending on the weight class and what's going on but i mean if it's the big ticket obviously the warm weather is going to bring out more uh, top ticket you know what i mean more things that people are going to want to go see mm-hmm. but unlike you two i actually saw the entire fight of when tyson bit off his ear oh yeah, yeah i was a, i was a kid i remember like my uncles and everybody talking about it and i'm like what there's no way someone bit off another person's ear and then yeah well he told him he said he was going to eat his children and shit so yeah that's oh so weird though. yeah like, that that yeah was that the press i'll murder conference? him i'm gonna I'm eat his children yeah was that the press <laughs> conference where like he oh he, he i'm trying to he said he was very, savage dude he, he, he said some colorful language in there yeah like I'm, I'm oh yeah to, yeah he's <laughs> but also i have uh a boxing digest in a frame in my room. I got hanging on my wall and then I've got a plaque with a, a bell on it. And it's got the, the, uh, little ticket, the, the, um, Oh, what do I want to call it? The tag that says Holyfield Tyson's got the whole deal. And then I've got a Mike Tyson signed boxers digest before the fight to where it's Tyson looking at Holyfield for the weigh in and shit. Okay. And, uh, so I've got a signed Mike Tyson autographed boxers digest from that fight. That's so, like, the thing is, is that, like, I would love to have seen, like, what was leading up, because, like, I don't... It was wild. Like, what in your right mind, obviously, Mike Tyson doesn't have a right mind to begin with, but, like... No, he started smoking weed now. Yeah, I was going to say, now he does, yeah. Doesn't he have his own brand, too? Oh, yeah. And he had his own TV show on Cartoon Network. The Mike Tyson Mysteries, yeah. Yep. It was like Scooby Doo, but Mike. That's Tyson. what I thought. Like I'm like I thought yeah. I saw that before, but. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was like Fat Albert and fucking uh, Scooby Doo put together. Exactly. <laughs> it's. But, but yeah, what? I mean, it'll be it'll probably be like the same thing, like with Tyson fought um, Roy Jones. You know, it was for cherry things like that. And hey, I'll tell you this, man. I was watching the lead up to that fight, and I was curious when I was watching the whole thing. I'm just like, he. He, like Roy didn't want to get knocked out. Like he was like, no, 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 don't hit me in the face, don't tell like that. And he was getting worried that he was going to do it. Of course, Tyson was talking. Tyson was talking about it before that. Roy's like, you know, this is going to be a good opportunity, saying all the right things, saying all the right things. And then they clip over to Mike. Mike's sitting there, and he's like, I got to remember, they got to hold back because they put me in that thing. It's like a cage. I'm like an animal. I'm gonna knock him out. I want to knock him out. That's what I'm there. I'm it's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I got to pull that back so I don't hurt him. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Especially like watching like footage from Mike Tyson back in the day and some documentary I watched, like just he was trained by a guy named Customato and just seeing just seeing him just Mike Tyson, yeah, don't hit me in the face. If that dude gave you a body shot, like I'm Look, surprised you didn't lose your lunch in Caesar's Palace. I guarantee, I, I would say this from watching him train and everything like that. Do I think he could go toe to toe for an extended period of time? He could get lucky early, but like top tier, like the top one, two, three heavyweights. I don't think he would put up much because he's just too old. 
But that like mid tier, low tier, if he fought some of those kids, I think he'd win. Oh. And like the thing is too is that like Tyson's fighting now and he's what fifty if not mid fifty fifty three I believe. Like literally, all you could do is just like he's he could literally go up the rankings against these young kids just because he never really lost a step, you know? Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, he lost a step. Good, I mean, he lost a step as far as just because I mean, it's just age. But when you watch him hitting a hundred fifty pound bag and he's putting that thing pushing people back while he's hitting it at 53 that's terrible like he's terrified i've never I, that's it's like you look at those split screens on social media when they're like me at 53 and then it shows tyson at 53 mm-hmm. and then you saw him hitting the bag and moving around and shit, you're like he could still do it he could definitely he could definitely pull out and be like all right i'll, I'll fight you know like i said a mid-tier heavyweight something like that and get in the ring with him i I would pretty much guarantee that he could probably he go toe to toe with me. Probably could win. I mean, I'm trying to think at the same time. Like, obviously, it's for like showmanship at the end of the day. But what, like, what's going through your head? And honestly, Keith has called me like five times now. Yeah. So let me put him on speaker. All right, Keith, you're live on the We Like Sports podcast. Hey, so buddy. super awesome. I'm glad I found the number to, to call in. Hey, um, I can't see your special guest at all. Yeah, we know. We're working on that, but thank you. Oh, that's okay. You guys suck without us. That's fantastic. That's called job security. <laughs> hey, that's called I'm trying my best, and I love your you. Does, this, is, this, is, this is a preschool. Your best doesn't count. Yeah, it does. Why do you get participation trophies then? We don't get participation trophies. We're not liberals. Oh, my God. Woo! Why do we have to take it to politics all the time? Because I'm back. Hey, what are you doing in Columbus? Me? Yeah, you said you're going to Columbus later today. No, tomorrow. Oh, when? Where? What's going on? Because I may or may not be filming a TV show in that location, possibly. Softball, man, right here. Yeah, as Riggs is pointing, I'm going to be at Burliner Park in Columbus. So if you guys get bored while you're shooting your TV show or else you want some softball footage, I could hit a home run for you. Or anybody on the We Like Sports podcast, if you're interested in making a trip down to Columbus to see your boy PV hit some HRs, we'll give him a... Um, I'm, we'll, we'll figure that out. Like, I know he's been stressed out. He was in court and yeah, he, what's he's, going on? What happened? He's tired. Um, I get that app. Right. I, I think, I think he, he might tweet or be rolling around like the nine o'clock hour to talk about Why it. Why was he so concerned about what Oral Roberts did to Robert? Like he tweeted out like what they did what to Robert? Yeah, man. I saw that. Yeah. He. His mind, his mind is in the court. His lawyer is also named Robert Robert Simpson. So that's what he told me. And oh, yeah, oh, like Pat McAfee was calling Oral Roberts Oral Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Stephen, yeah. Call me on your break so we can make sure you guys don't suck at this. Okay, we'll do. Love you. Sounds good. Love you too. See, that works all the time. Bye. Bye. Anyways, as we're back after the interruption, what, what about March Madness? Like, honestly, like, there's get in the ring, but I'm champion, and, like, because I just outsmarted Stephen R. Smith last in week. In a damn good way, seriously. Like, that was really good. But, like... Most exquisite peanut butter and jelly. 
Yeah, honestly, it went together like peanut butter and jam, you know? That was my jam. Yeah. That was my ish. That's what the kids are saying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, 24, but I'm asking what the kids are saying. <laughs> and it's changing every day. It's evolving. Uh, but anyways, do I want to defend my belt to Riggs, Ryan, or do I just hold off this week? Man, I would, I would take the championship advantage. I would probably, you know, hold off. Yeah, let's hold off. We'll get a good one for next week and get one going. Where we mm-hmm. get a real, you can take it to Columbus. A real slobber knocker, as they would say. Okay, we could definitely do that. But then, I mean, if we're not going in the ring, we should definitely talk about March Madness. And, I mean, we talked about The briefly. insanity of my bracket that's just decimated. Yeah, I mean, you and I were texting about that, too, and it's just – this year has been super weird when it comes to March Madness. And, I mean, you have Oral Roberts that's in the Sweet 16 now. And I think they're honestly going to be a Final Four team. Mm, that, that, and, like, I'm not big into college basketball, but I've been paying attention a lot. Like, the last like the last couple days, nothing was on. I'm like, all right, I'm focusing and I'm just dialing in and I'm watching basketball because this is some good-ass basketball. Yeah, I love, like, I love March. Like I said, I was like – I was telling you that uh, – it's it's one of those weird years that at least I think that, and usually that's it's the advantage of like one team that one Cinderella that's been together for a long time. They're they're all seniors, they're all upperclassmen. They've been playing basketball together for multiple years, and you know they catch they can catch people like sneaky times. They get they get they get in there and get a young team that might have all the talent in the world, but they're sound defensively, they're sound offensively, and they can squeak by by you know not blowing them out, but squeaking by and winning. And Oral Robin, there's there's more this year because I think that off year gave a lot of those mid-majors and those small schools an advantage because of that continuity that they have to uh, be able to, well, I mean, get into the Sweet 16, like in multiples that weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when you look at it, like this year's bracket was extremely weird and like I again didn't pay too much attention to college football and I'm pissed off that I bit into the hype of Ohio State because a lot of people in a lot of articles were saying oh well final four team well guess what they're the first one out in the yeah. round of 64 I wouldn't even say just Ohio State I'd say the big 10 across the board because as far as the regular season went the big 10 just beat the shit out of each other that's all they did they just they just beat each other to death and then that was one thing I was worried about when they hit the tournament is that you know they they've been beating each other so bad. Like the comp, the competition level in the Big Ten between all the teams, you know, good games, great games. Some of the best games of the season were inside the Big Ten. So now you've got a conference that just literally beat each other up the entire time, and then you come into somebody that has not the conference that you know that they went through, had an easy ride, gets in there, and they're just just beat. And then bad mistakes, too. They would, Ohio State just, in the last five, six games that they had, they made too many mistakes in the last five minutes of that game, every game that they lost. They were ahead. They'd be winning. And then the last five minutes, they a key turnover or something like that and fumbling, and then boom. It's, it's a close game. They either squeak it by and win or they lost. Yeah, man. Like, that, that game, it was – I was very I was very entertained during that Ohio State game. Like, it was – it felt very important because on the way home from work, everybody from, was talking about it. You're going to watch the Bucks play. You're going to watch the Bucks play. And, you know, sitting here with Brian, my roommate slash best friend, watching that game, it was, you know, looking at the mistakes that they made, we didn't want to put them under a microscope and seem like scientists. It's like, well, at least this is a lesson learned. 
And next year, like, I would like to see a deeper, better run with no play damn near perfect college basketball next year, basically. And I guess um, the only and, problem with that is, is the fact that the, that's the problem with college basketball, at least over football. They have to be there two years. Like, they could all jump ship. All of them. They just played one year. They can get out. Like, EJ Liddell, he could go. You know, all these guys that were that showed out at least enough to where they could go pro if they wanted to. Now, if we get them all back, that would be great. But it, if we lose some to the NBA, it's, you know, kind of rough. What are your thoughts on the fact that, like, when it comes to, like, March Madness and whatnot, like, you always have, like, your draft projections and whatnot, but do you really pay attention to, like, mock drafts and whatnot, or do you, like – until it hits March, is that when you start focusing? Because even the players themselves could end up going up the rankings and prove themselves to be like a top five pick instead of 25 beforehand because they show up when it comes to March Madness, like the Oral Roberts point guard, Amos or Amos or whatever. Right. But, I mean, they the, – the I guess when you come down to that, like, the, again, we're talking about difference between drafts. I mean, even just the baseball draft. So you take the baseball draft and it's so long and – you know, you don't really see a lot of these kids because some of them are in high school, a lot of them are overseas, so you don't really see them. Mm. Also, with basketball, there's more there's more competitive basketball happening across the country just with March Madness and teams that you wouldn't normally see on TV, but then they get up, up on there. But, like, there's, there's a smaller group, like, with ESPN and the money that comes through football because, again, football dominates everything. You see more players – playing college football and can make better evaluations on it because you see them week to week for primetime games, things like that. You can see all these different peoples across the country. West coast is a little bit more difficult, but the better teams you're going to get a hold of to be able to see what they're doing. Basketball, it's everywhere. So it's hard to come up with and, and also hitting and I would say hitting in the NFL because the group is bigger is a lot easier to get good players. You only have two rounds in an NBA draft. and There's only a minuscule amount talent inside that pool so you might get one guy in that entire draft that succeeds and all the rest of them wash out or they just turn into like good bench players or whatever like that i mean i like the fact that they're starting with the g league and they've got that new league where they have i think it was like 20 or 30 guys that if they didn't want to go to college they can pull into that thing and then make their way up doing that and also they go to europe that's another thing that they do a lot now is they head over to europe and you don't get to see them playing in europe but you know they're there and then they're right, like, oh, right. yeah, they're going to be a top draft pick. And they've been playing in Lithuania. And you're like, well, I didn't see any of that. So let's we'll see what happens. Exactly. And then, like, now let's continue on with this whole, like, you're basically breaking down the career of, the okay, the different paths that someone that can play professional basketball can take. Okay, they right. get drafted at a young age. They play overseas. Then you become guys like, I don't know, let's say Nate Robinson. Now you're winning championships over in China with Tracy McGrady. And so, well, yeah, because they made all their money. They 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 were fortunate enough to get into the league at a young age and be in the NBA and have great careers to where they made a lot of money. And then now they've got a name. And then you go over overseas, and they're just they'll throw all the money at them just to get them there to put butts in the seats. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that bothers me too because like people like T Mac, Tracy McGrady, and others that went to China. After they couldn't play in I mean, the NBA's career. Pause really quick, though. As you bring up Tracy McGrady, look back in 2012 when it was the lockout, when NBA wasn't, no, or 2011, whenever it was, but when you had the NBA lockout and you had guys like Tracy McGrady go over to China or go overseas, and you had, uh, there was another big name too, but like 
it started becoming a movement, and I think Tracy McGrady was one of the few that ended up sticking around to play in China, and it's just because he wanted to play. He was stuck because the NBA, it was all money situation, and then next thing you know, here we are now, and you have all these co- like collegiate athletes that are going overseas, like your Luka Doncic's, your uh, Lamelo. Well, that's the thing about Luka, because Luka, by the time by you know by the time he was fourteen, he's playing with grown men, professionals in Europe. Right, you know exactly. what I mean. So like he's he's already pro ready. Like he's ready. He's been playing grown men for his entire adolescence, mm-hmm. and he's a killer. But it just it just bothers me the fact that like. Some people, like, I wanted to see them win a championship on American soil. And then, you know, I'm looking at highlights and attributes on them online. And then it's like, oh, you won in Europe and China three to four or five times. But damn, that'd have been nice to see you do that over here. But that's how the story was just, you know, written for that said man or woman on their journey as a sports That athlete. businessman just turns into, like I said, once you once you get to the level, like, it's not just a game anymore. It's, it's a business. And... Guys are going to look at it like, what's money? Dollars, dollars makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But on that note, it looks like we're going to take a quick break. Obviously, we dabbled a little bit in March Madness, but when we get back, there's plenty of March Madness to talk about. On top of the fact that baseball season starts back up next week, opening day. And you also have LeBron James having his first actual injury in probably since his age of like 17, 16, if not earlier than that. Severe enough to where he couldn't he couldn't shake it off and get back out there. Right. One of the rare occasions for once, because usually it's like one week or two weeks, but now he's out long term. But obviously we'll dive into that. But guys, don't go anywhere. When we get back, we'll be talking that with Ryan, Peyton, and myself, Riggs. Hmm. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back on the We Like Sports Podcast. Wait. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to actually tell you and show you the correct way how to shave your balls on this show. Hold on. Whoa. Oh, yeah, I can show you. I can show you. We'll be right back on the We Like Sports Podcast. Do you have a chia pet? Don't worry about it. Why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. So a little side note, have you ever cut your balls while shaving them? I have, and that is painful. I would not ever do that again, and I would never shave my balls if it wasn't for Manscaped, because once I started using Manscaped, I no longer had to worry about the bleeding anymore. Also, for any new subscribers, you end up getting replacement blades refilled for your lawnmower. Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not only one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the high-patented, high-performance, anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSWITHAZ at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And use the code SPORTS. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thanks, Manscaped. Manscaped. Use the promo code SPORTS with a Z S P O R T Z. Ball toner, ball deodorant, ball shaver. And you get a nice bag to shave your hairy bag. Manscaped. And I need to turn them on. Welcome back to the Relax Sports <laughs> Podcast. I'm not a technical producer at all. My name's Peyton Vince alongside Riggs and Ryan. As we come back from break, what were we talking about? Fan-controlled oh, fan baseball. Fan but you wanted to show people how to shave your balls. Okay, everybody. Look, you guys have been hearing me on the show since day one. I've been promoting Manscaped using the promo code SPORTS with AZ. 
So right here, I'm going to have to show you guys a little something to prove that Manscaped is real and it does work. I'm not going to show it on my own testicles because <laughs> I don't want to get the show in trouble or get hit with any type of fines. So I'm going to take this key with fine, you better wear them lawsuits, though. Exactly. Should I get up closer to the camera, Ash, or is it right here? I mean, they can see. They see it's a kiwi. Okay, this is a kiwi I have in my hand. Now, guys, I understand that you're afraid about shaving your balls, and you don't want to get nicked and cut up, and you're bleeding everywhere. I understand that, but I'm here, and I'm your boy, and I got your back. This is what you need to do. It's called the light bulb trick and the light bulb effect. (laughs) You're going to grab your boys like it's because we've talked about this hundred times off camera. This is real. (laughs) You're going to grab your boys like this. And this is only for Manscaped. It sounds like some waiting shit. Yeah, in a way. But laugh all you want, guys. I'm being real and I'm going to show you how to shave your balls for Manscaped. You're going to grab your boys, your members. So if you don't have a dad out there, this is the man for you. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I've learned many nights by myself. So you're going to have to do it just like this. Hold them lightly. Hold your boys lightly. And you're going to take your Manscaped. You're going to get your lawnmower 3.0. It has a light on it, too, as well. You can hear it vibrating because I'm using it at the moment. You're going to take your boys. You're going to take your boys. Look down. And you got the light that's showing you direction which you need to go. I, I, don't have, does this. I don't have a guard on this one because, you know, I was a hairy guy at one point. So you're going to lightly... Likes living in the danger zone. Lightly go over your balls. It's really working. You're going to lightly go over your balls. Now, this is a kiwi that I'm using. And now the kiwi How many kiwis is have, have, have uh, been disposed of? Say that again. How many kiwis have been disposed of before this? Oh, just one. Oh, okay. okay. This was the practice one. Yeah. I got you. So when you're shaving your balls and you manscape, just seriously, guys, you have to pay attention. Your balls and your girl will thank you. Seriously, if you – I don't want to sound weird. If you want help on shaving your balls, just use the promo code Sports with a Z and slide in your boys' DMs. I know that's weird, but I'm trying to help you out, and I'm trying to help out Manscaped. Manscaped, promo code Sports with a Z, S-P-O-R-T-Z. Ball shaver, ball toner, ball deodorant, lawnmower 3.0, and it comes with a weird black and white – a newspaper that you can stand over, shave your balls, and read at the same time. But when you get the product, you'll find out yourself. Manscaped. I feel like you just bought those Kiwis just for this. No, like no, 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 no. I also feel like he should have been wearing a white lab coat while this was happening. <laughs> <laughs> just like takes out like his like, oh, even better, have like a white trench coat too and just take out his manscaping kit and just be like, yeah. hey. Like this is the, hey, next time. Have sunglasses on. Dude, it's perfect. <laughs> you Next might have time. just gotten your own sponsorship with Manscaped. Yeah, seriously. You might be doing their little pamphlets they send out with their stuff. You might be in one of them, honestly. I was going to use a lemon, but I'm like, no, that reminds me of Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. So. Why are you looking at Mr. Burns' lemons? Anyway. baseball. Honestly, that was the same exact thing I was thinking. All right, so a couple weeks ago, we were discussing the idea of fan-controlled baseball because we have fan-controlled football now, which I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw that a fan, <laughs> like, streaked across the field in fan-controlled football. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that voted for? <laughs> to be truly honest, that was probably not voted for. That was probably, oh, how was that like an independent vote? Hey, no, I bet you any money that they did that shit on purpose because they're losing views and they're like, all right, we got to get back going. But they vote got for run. the naked guy. Yeah, I, I, I pulled that. I, I let that play. If I, they, okay. use, they use that publicity stunt so everybody was running around YouTube and Twitter. 
if I'm doing anything with fan control sports, what I like, okay, the one thing I really, really want control over is anyone that really knows me, I am a throwback or vintage or any type of uniform, jersey, t-shirt for the team to wear. I don't care. If I can vote on that, hey, boys, we're wearing this. Even though none of you were born in the 1960s, I want to see these out there on the floor, on the court, or on the field tonight. Like, I, I, I don't know. That's just me personally. Like, I would I would be in that miscellaneous spot voting for that when they would have to make me president of it because I'd be the only one that gives a damn. Do you mean like third party? President of Swagger. Swagger the dog from the Browns? You keep my baby out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, thinking it through, the last time we were talking fan-controlled baseball and that possibility, we're, I, I think I ended up suggesting that like you should be allowed to be like able to use steroids. I think that's genius. And fan-controlled baseball? Yeah. I remember this conversation. I mean, why not? Yeah, bug it. Juice if Let you want juice. to. Yeah. Isn't that a song? By the end of the season, we'll see their head grow. They're fucking going to get taller. Like, you'll see a whole maturation that goes about the way. Or I was like, I used to stare at Mark McGuire's forearms. Like, how are, like, how is that? Like, they're so big. Well, yeah, you grind that damn bad. You can see yeah. the sawdust coming off of it when he's getting a grip. Like, what else could you do, though? Like, you obviously have steroids that are allowed. I feel like. I feel like there has to be – all right, here, I'm stealing something that, like, one of the softball tournaments I played in. So, like, the crazy the crazy shorts tournament I played in in January, it was, like, regular softball, but in the third inning or fourth inning, that inning you had to run backwards on the bases. Wait. So, third was – no, third oh, was oh, first, oh, oh. second was second, but first was third. Uh, I, know, I know where you're going with this. Okay. So, you had to go backwards. So, I feel like you're in fan-controlled – like baseball, it has to be something for like one inning similar to that. Like maybe if you end up having like the same idea or maybe like you have like fences that are able to move in. So like you could actually push the fences up like 30 mm. feet. And I it's, still like, think we should have the breakthrough fences. Like you should be able to just run through that bitch. Well, Canseco's <laughs> already in then. Yeah, straight up. So, okay. Now when, when you played in that running backwards league, like, how was your first instincts going right? If you asked anybody that played in this tournament, it was literally because, like, mind you, this happened in January, so it's already cold as shit. So your first instinct is, especially if you're a righty, you hit the ball and you go to first. Everybody on your team, like, it was the weirdest but most fun thing because when you ended up hitting the ball, you're like, all right. I'm going to be up, and I'm thinking third base is first. And then instinct kicks in, and you're running to first, and your whole entire team is yelling at you to go the other way, which is technically the wrong way. Like so it basically just, it's like a little kid's t-ball game when they're running the wrong way. Right, but it's all adults with beers and whatnot. Exactly. Like, hey, other way. Hey, jackass. Right. You will not run the straight way, jackass. That, like, another thing about, like, fan-controlled baseball, like, I would like to throw. Some, I would like to have some fun with it during the seven inning stretch when they're singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Take me back to the bar when they scream, "Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks." You should be able to throw peanuts and cracker jacks on the field just for that one part. <laughs> Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. Then you sit your ass down, and then if you throw some more out there, then you're never coming back. Damn. Like I, I don't know. Like I would, you know, look at the uniform aspect, the fun point. Like I would, I wouldn't make the game so serious. It's going to be a serious game, 
but you know, I'm going to have a little bit of like, hey, I'm the cool parent. You can get away with that, you know. It's, no, it's definitely not a serious game. There's nothing about this that's serious. Literally, nothing. <laughs> literally, if we're taking the same aspect of what fan-controlled football is doing, the last game, and like with like the limited fans they had there, they literally dropped money from the ceiling instead of confetti. And I think it's because the fans voted on it, and it also saved them money from the money they were putting into the confetti. Real money, right? Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. What kind of bills? Like just single. They basically turned uh, they turned that little stadium area into fucking Magic City. Right. <laughs> exactly. They voted for it though. So I mean, Magic City baseball. <laughs> wow. That's like, but like that's the fan controlled aspect for football. So like, what else could you do in baseball? Like you have people like. It's such a conversation because there's nothing going on right now, for one, besides March Madness. But outside of that, you also have, like, we're all baseball fans here. It's an idea that, like, what if this did happen? Because people always bitch and complain about, oh, there's too much runs or there's not enough action or... It's always one side or the other. So, steroids, solution, more runs. people that Keith hates the most. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like there has to be another way. Like, what if... What if you're able fan controlled baseball? What uh, like in a certain inning, you have an option that you either have your like field player pitch, or you have the pitcher hit. So you don't really have like a like a pitcher hitting or a DH, but you have that option that Riggs, who's playing second, can come in and throw sixty miles per hour and give that. Yeah, they just they just have to like sit there and like again, you have to go with the whole thing and and have multiple options for things on the field shifts. You know, the position changes, like some pitcher and baseball, like bring people in, have a ringer. Like, you, you can throw all kinds of fun shit inside of there that, you know, you could change it up every game, something something different with a wild card or something like that. Okay. Like, I feel like it could be such a cool concept, though, if it's done right. Like, I feel like this is something I want to run away with and, like, take it and make it my baby. Start writing shit down, man. They just take this shit and start going. That's how every day, how the ideas start. start Anybody know Dwayne Johnson's Twitter handle? Since he's an entrepreneur now, we can look that up. Speaking of which, Zoa, not a sponsor, but shout out to The Rock. I would, okay, in fan control baseball, I would also vote. Sense. I would also vote for the most like random celebrity to come out to throw a first pitch. Drew Carey, like something more random than, than Drew Carey, like coming out to throw the first pitch. Paulie Shore. Oh yeah, Got starts it, fist sure. pumping the ball. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like someone you haven't seen on TV since '94, '95. I don't know. Like just, I'm looking like I, I love how entertaining this sounds with fan controlled baseball. Like, I, what if you get like wrestlers that like old time wrestlers that like always wanted to like? There's another idea: softball, baseball mixed combined. You get one inning of like that like backwards running. You get one inning of the pitcher either hitting or the fielder pitcher like the fielder pitching. You could also have – trying to think what else. Like, what if you just have one inning of, like, underhand pitching so you just have, like, three options and it just turns into softball? Like, that would be genius. You could have, like, bon- like- you could, you could put, like, bonus balls out there too, like uh, once or twice a game or something like that. There's a gold ball or some shit. Like, like they do, like, like a home run derby, yeah, like a money ball. Mm. You know, and if they hit a home run off that money ball, some fan gets a jersey or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Just – Little pop up games and stuff like that that they can start picking people out to to get stuff like a game within interested. a game. Yeah, like that would. Just- I mean, if, if it's fan controlled, and again, if you're you're trying to like keep people involved, 
you got to make them feel like they're getting something out of it. Like you should do like instead of like that, like, well, row E, section seven, uh, seat 12 through 16, instead of like that kind of money giveaway, I feel like in this fan controlled like baseball idea, you should have like a home run. But you should also have like targets in the outfield and yeah. have like, well, section 107 to 130 is in a target behind the left field wall. And if it lands there, you get whatever money. Right. Yeah. Instead of hot chicks talking about, oh, this certain bank, you won this gift card. That's not a shot. That's not that's not a diss, but it's <laughs> that <laughs> not a donuts, diss dog. Everybody runs in Dunkin'. Oh, man. Mm. But, like, do you put wrestlers in this, like, fan-controlled, like, baseball? I feel like you have to put, like, WWE guys. Like, I'm thinking, like... No, 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 no. You got to find dudes that are, like, the ones that washed up. Like, the ones that didn't make it. You get Charlie all those Sheen. guys. Yeah, shit like that. You bring them in. All the, all the like, people that almost made it to, like, uh, fucking wrestling and shit. And then you bring them in, and they're the ones that are playing the game. You know who I would have for my first Also, game? also, I would have put... Uh, Mixed gender, so you have both gen- like everybody. It's not just a men's league; it's everybody. Oh, cool. you just, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. Fan control. Exactly. I would have Emilio Estevez play Coach Bombay and do my first pitch. I was like Emilio, right? You drunk lawyer. <laughs> That's not the one from Chips, right? Emilio, Mighty Ducks. Oh, I was thinking the one with Chips in the sunglasses. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. See, I kind of know that, even though I'm 12. Keith, Keith, Keith Miger wants to know. The boss wants to know why is this a topic? Why is it not a topic? That's an even better question. We talked about this in three weeks, and this is what happens when Stephen R is running late, Keith. Anyways, I'm gonna laugh at that comment on Facebook. Is there anything else to hit on for fan-controlled baseball? Because I was actually getting ready to wrap it up. Yeah, I have nothing nah, to nah, hit on. We got a little bit more than we did last week. Right, inch by inch. We've been thinking. But anyways, what are your guys' thoughts on the fact that Francisco Lindor – oh, Keith's calling in again. Do we answer it or not? I feel like we answer it. He's sure boss. Dude. Welcome to the Wheeling Sports Podcast with Keith, Ryan, Peyton, Riggs. That's Sugar Center heard Dexter Baseball's retarded. Hard on. And I, I laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why are we talking? And what the hell is general neutral shit? Gender neutral. You know, men and women are playing at the same. You, you know what I'm talking. You know what he's talking about. You can might. You imagine, can you imagine somebody, a gender neutral? Can you imagine a chick who hasn't swung a bat in 15 years, who played softball for UCLA, going up against somebody who hasn't thrown a baseball in 16 years? That's, that's, ex- that's exactly it. Someone's dying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we have breakaway walls. We have everything here, man. This is all. Would you rather watch a show where no one's watch dying or wrestlers. someone's dying? I mean, I don't mind death. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, like the rest of America has their panties up in a bunch. You can't even go outside without a fucking mascot. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna throw balls at people who don't know how to swing. Well, we we got probably about a year before the concept of fan controlled baseball can go anywhere. So we'll work that out when it comes. Yeah, we we we, we thought about that. We you know what we thought about that. 
We got about a year before fan control baseball kicks off. Yeah, well, fan control football was shoved down our throats out of nowhere. Well, yeah, it's perfect though. It's yeah. the greatest league ever, Keith. We got to fill that we hole. We're going to Francisco Lindor. We're going to fill that hole in that space. That conversation. Once the uh, do you want football? No, once fan control football goes out the way, there's got to be a space that occupies that because it ain't going to make it past the year. Well, yeah, because Johnny Manziel's in it. Oh my! What? Oh yeah, Mass Singer. You guys, Saving Grace is going to be on. Oh, you're going to be singing Saving Grace on the Mass Singer. I'm not there. Technically, you guys don't know if I'm on the Mass Singer or not. This might be real. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's where Stephen R is tonight. He might be on the Mass Singer singing "Informer" by Snow. I found Stephen R. He's in Columbus. We're kicking it. Oh, really? Yeah, all those times I thought you were Stephen R. Smith, I'm, I apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. How's that like down there in Columbus? I want to hear him. He's sleeping. He's sleeping? It's only 820. Well, he's had, he's had big, long court cases. He had to, you know, he'd been long, long day, day at court. Yeah, bro, court. He was getting oral from Roberts, and there was things he was, he just got exhausted. This ain't getting oral, Bob. Talk about oral Roberts. My bad, not getting oral from Roberts. <laughs> oral Bobby. Oh, did man. you see the manscape? What I did? I did. I was impressed. Congrats. That was good. Thank you. That was, we just that, needed a few was, more aspects. Like I said, you needed like a lab coat, some things. That would have been it. That would have been it. We would have definitely, definitely got him a deal. It's probably going to be weird that I'm using this for my smoothie tomorrow, but. You're, well, it is smoothie now. Uh, you're just ahead of the game. It's fine. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, with Francisco Lindor being in the media once again, obviously, because he's in a New York market. Francisco Lindor ended up saying early last or late last week, early this week, said that he's one of or he is the best shortstop in the game right now. Uh, I mean, I don't think the best shortstop in the game right now would take a nap during the game seven of a World Series. I don't think the best shortstop in the league would just stop hitting the weight room just because the world took a damn pause. Don't mean you have to like. Francisco Lindor, he's made, he to me he's looking like public enemy numero uno in he's Major League enemy Baseball. Enemy numero uno to us because we're Cleveland fans. But name a better shortstop. Name a better, and I'm not talking about bats. I'm talking about defense. He didn't say he was the best hitter. He said he was the best shortstop. And if you look at his actual record and his action, I mean, he's a golden. He's gold. He's golden. He's a golden glove. He doesn't commit many errors. I, he's very versatile. He can. I mean, he's got. He's got. Oh, he's definitely top five. Right. Yeah, he's definitely top five. I guess I am Cleveland bias at the moment. It, it it sucks like that. No, we're hurt. We did the same thing with LeBron James. But if you, I mean, name name a better shortstop. I mean, honestly, I guess if I, uh, I was gonna, I'd probably say in the league, I mean, not right bad, now. not better, but I put him in the same league like uh, Javier Baez. Like got he's with his glove, he's got a good glove. A couple of years ago, I would say Carlos Correa, but he just kind of fell off. So they're yeah. Yeah. well, that's because he got caught cheating. Yeah. I mean, Javier is good, but he doesn't have the depth Lindor has. Right. I agree. That's why I said I, if I was going to put him on the same. Like, at least, like, if you're going, like, tier, like, I'd put him up there. But I think I think you're right. Lindor is better than him. Um, well, Javier, Javier is definitely top five, if not top three. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Simmons um, plays for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's solid. He's real good. Like, I, again, I yeah, think he's, he's top five. Yeah, he's got a better bat. 
he does have a better bat. And that's the only thing is that Lindor isn't versatile enough, especially with the last couple seasons with the Indians, to be able to actually say he can play both sides. His defensive mind is fantastic. His depth is great, but his clutch, he's not there. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's a and then I'd take. say like Tim Anderson with the White Sox, he's an up and coming. I think he's got the potential to be top five. I feel and, like Tim uh, Anderson's Fernando, been up and coming for the last like three or four years yeah, though. Last, like, yeah, for the last, yeah, he's not he's not going to be able to make it because he's a injury prone. They're not going to give him the chance. He's gonna end up yeah, that's his that's his biggest issue. But then uh, Tatis, Fernando, uh, Tatis yeah, Jr. yep, Tatis is definitely top three. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, like, he's not wrong. Like I said, if he, with Lindor, he's he's not wrong. Like, we're pissed off and, you know, sl- slighted by it and all that stuff. But as far as his glove and everything like that and being sawed off, like, yeah, he's he's definitely one, if not the best. With his I mean, the thing is, is what I think a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of people that think that Lindor's some kind of, like, 300 hitter and that there's – He has the potential for it. Yeah, he does, but he hasn't hit 300 since the year after his rookie year. He hit yeah. – that's his best average, and he stopped hitting homers. Or he started he hitting never, homers. Yeah, he will never hit 300 again. He will never be a 300 hitter. He'll be a defensive mind. He won't hit 300. He's not going to hit 300 with the Mets, I guarantee it. Uh, he's not going to do it. The pitching's too bad. He's not going to be able to – he doesn't have – he doesn't focus on his bat, which is fine, because the Mets didn't need him for his bat. The Mets needed him for his depth. He's never going to be a 300 hitter ever. He might have a season or two, and it's not. But you got to remember, he's going to spoil out here soon because yeah. he is cocky. He is getting a big head, and he can't. He's not patient at the plate. I th- like. I hate to say yeah, it, but so. like obviously, he'd end up being quieter. Or else this wouldn't be as public if it wasn't New York. Like in Cleveland, like I know last week you said or somebody said last week that all you do is just smile and that's all his PR was pretty much. And I feel like that's a Keith comment, honest to God, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but, like that's all he did in Cleveland and he was just smart with his answers. But now when you're in New York, if Francisco Lindor goes and pees on something like a porta potty like at night. That's going to be covered. <laughs> I mean, the only thing is, is, he's such a hot topic right now because you know he's not going to stay with the Mets probably next season either. No, no he's at, at, if, if anything we're talking about, if we're talking about like again him hitting three hundred, that one year that he hits three hundred, it'll probably be this year because he's going to want a bigger deal somewhere else. Yeah, that is true. So do you see him more of a journeyman, like him not having a suitable? No, home and, and I wouldn't say that. I'd say that he's if he has a good year. He'll make a. He'll get a. He'll get a. A bigger deal. It's kind of like Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers and how why he took right. the one-year deal because he knows that yeah, all the, the cap's going to go up. He stayed. Well, the cap's going to go up too. The Mets are right. going to make the cap room to pay him no matter what happens. He can have an explosive year. He's not going to be with the Mets next year. Right. Can, what's going to happen is let's say he hits. Well, let's say it's two eighty, right? That's that's probably where he's going to fall. Does anybody else think he's going to hit over two eighty? Uh, honestly, I think that's giving him too much credit. Yeah, I think I think if Tops like he he's gonna hover around two ninety, two eighty eight. I'd say that'd be like best case. I, yeah, I could definitely see him hitting that. But then you got to remember: are the Mets going? This you got to look at the breakdown for what the Mets are doing. The Mets got him because what are they trying to do? They're trying to win now. Right, they're going to make one playoff run, and it's going to be this year. 
they yeah, just, they're the not going to be able to pay the players that they had. So they're going to look at Lindor as a rental, same thing we did with Yasiel Puig, uh, Puig, all that. They're going to give him his guarantee, then he's going to cut loose, guarantee it. I guarantee he ends up anywhere but New York or Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're completely right. Mm, that sounds about right. Like, he seems like a West Coast guy anyway, like a warm weather player. He, uh, he, and this is the thing is you can look at what different teams wanted him. There were, there were so many teams that showed interest in him. Cleveland obviously showed interest in him. But no, none of the teams that showed interest in him gave a damn about his bat. Yeah. I mean, the, he's viewed as – I don't want to say quite like a veteran, but he's definitely a locker room leader, and he has a good glove. That's why people want him right now. Right, exactly. No, that's exactly right. So he doesn't even his expectations of batting. He can sit at two thirty, and the team doesn't care. Those aren't going to be the incentives that are inside his contract. Instead of in his contract is can he do? Can, you know, can he be a Golden Glove? And on top of that is when it does come time to clutch like be a clutch hitter or, or it doesn't matter whatever game it is playoff run world series he is not going to be the one at the plate they put with two outs and one guy out there it's not going to happen bottom of the ninth and two strikes no Lindor doesn't come through in that any in any any scenario Lindor fumbles that and doesn't come through yeah absolutely and one more note before we take a quick break obviously with the Francisco Lindor talk and opening day being next week Keith before uh, unless if you're staying on the phone for another 30 minutes for the next segment which I no. doubt but anyways, for you, and then when we get back, we'll answer this collectively, but with Oscar Mercado being sent down to the alternative, alternative training campsite, whatever the hell it's called anymore, AAA. Uh, he, he, got sent down to the depth, he got sent down to the depth, depth camp. Yeah, exactly. Which is a terrible name, by the way. It sounds very violent if you say it the wrong way. Right. But anyways... With Bradley Zimmer and Rosario be or amid Rosario being in center field and competing for that job, do you think that's a possibility that you have the two trade prospects that you had uh, Jimenez or Jimenez? No, it's Jimenez, I think. Or Jimenez, and then you also have Rosario in center field, and that's your shortstop and center field combo after you just got those guys this past year in the trade. Yeah. Yeah, no, Mercado's not going to be with the Indians next year. He had too many chances. He he's also not clutch either. So when they and the sad part is, I actually like Mercado. Like I was rooting for him to come up, but he's just not there yet. I don't think he's ever going to be. I don't, I don't think he. Something happened. And Zimmer is the same thing with Zimmerman. Where do you, where what do you do with him at this point? Honestly, this is his last chance. If it doesn't work out in a week or two, right. you're in trouble. But anyways, well, I mean, his, his shot was he's absolutely one hundred percent gone if it doesn't work out. He's not going to be able to. He's, no other team's going to look at him. He's going to be in, in double H for the rest of his life, and then he'll fade away, and we'll never hear from him again. And then you'll have a podcast with him. That's right. I do podcasts with broken people. <laughs> You're like a therapist. Oh, I'm real broke, dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith. Well, we're going to let you go, and we're going to take a quick break. If you're wanting to see Keith's TV show, whatever he's filming, make sure to stay tuned at KeithMiger1. There's no hyphen hills this time. He actually changed his username. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Keith, we'll talk to you later. All right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Riggs, you're not going to use any more Kiwis, I believe, right? No, but we are going to one more time. Well, probably not the last time. Manscaped promo code sports with Daisy. This is the Lawnmower 3.0. 
it will shave your balls really good. Or your kiwi. Kiwis. Kiwis. Anyways, when we get back, we're going to talk about the center field position battle with the Indians, and then we'll continue on from there and probably talk NBA. So don't go anywhere. James got hurt. Yes, sir. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back on the We Like Sports podcast after this commercial break. LeBron James. If you're bored in the house and I'm in the house board, bored in the house and I'm in the house board. Why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. So a little side note, have you ever cut your balls while shaving them? I have and that is painful. I would not ever do that again and I would never shave my balls if it wasn't for Manscaped because once I started using Manscaped, I no longer had to worry about the bleeding anymore. Also, for any new subscribers, you end up getting replacement blades refilled through your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not only one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the high-patented, high-performance, anti-chafing, manscaped boxer briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSWITHAZ at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code SPORTS. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thanks, Manscaped. Manscaped. Use the promo code SPORTS with a Z. S-P-O-R-T-Z. Ball toner. Ball deodorant. Ball shaver. And you get a nice bag to shave your hairy bag. Manscaped. We are back here on the We Like Sports podcast. My name is Riggs. This is Peyton Vince. We're also joined by our friend Ryan. You can also call him MC No Walk Up for some of you folks out there. We're going to continue on with a little bit of MLB news, some baseball stuff. So we're going to uh, continue about your favorite Cleveland Indians, probably your mom's favorite Cleveland Indian, your dad's favorite Cleveland Indian, Mr. Kenny Lofton, and the Hall of Fame. So what's going on with that news, guys? Yeah, Ryan had some information on that, and honestly, I'm very intrigued to hear more about it because Kenny Lofton, again, I know something this past year, it was him with the Hall of Fame, and I was kind of surprised that he wasn't a first ballot, but also I feel like he's another guy that's just Cleveland exclusive, and that's, again, bias. Oh, man. So I was reading this article, and I think it was on 92.3 website. It might have been on cleveland.com. Don't remember which one it was, but they – um said that that, that uh, they were saying the calling for Kenny Lofton to be in the Hall of Fame because when he was qualified to be able to be in it, they, he only got like 3% of the vote. And obviously, you go that low, it goes to the back burner. And right. You never know if he's going to get in. Sometimes it takes 10 years, 20 years. But they dropped an interesting point, and they said, like right now, the Jim Passon, he tweeted out after this article. He said, Out- outfielders not in the Hall of Fame, sorted by most more. Barry Bonds with 162.8. Larry Walker, 72.7. Carlos Beltran, 69.6. Manny Ramirez at 69.4. Kenny Lofton at 68.3. And then they added a current player, Mike Trout, which arguably they're saying that he's probably one of the greatest ball players to play as far as skill level. And he's at 67.8. Like Kenny Lofton has a better war than Trout. Like the thing is, though, and, like, and then on the full list of the guys that are qualified with the best war, Kenny Lofton is twelve on that list. I feel like the problem, like with that statistic, though, is that like so many people don't like, and I feel like I say this over and over again, but so many people don't know what war is when it comes to baseball because that's like that's definitely like a stat cast type statistic or fan graphs type shit that you're gonna end up going like. 
literally to the point that the exit velocity was this. That That's where war comes into play more and more often was with the ball speed, the bat speed, the velocity, the exit velocity, this, that, the other thing. And, like, what angle they, like, and, like, swing trajectory. I feel like war is all within that same topic of the modern baseball numbers. Like, war, obviously, if you have a good war, you're going to want to, like – that's how you want to recruit people or like look into those numbers because that might not matter at all. But in reality, if their war is four or six, for example, like you said, six wins above whoever they're replacing, then I obviously that's the type of player I want. I like how you talk about this war aspect with the baseball because like when you were just breaking that down, I'm like, okay, wow. Because if I'm comparing it to a real war in battle, you're not just going to go out there and just shoot. No, you're going to use your head. You're going to use, you're going to strategize, you're going to, you know, strategize. You're going to make sure you're safe. You're going to make sure you can continue to fight another day. So I, I really like that aspect you were just talking about. Like I was trying to compare the two and figure out the term and I'm, the terminology between the both of them. But I completely like that. Like why would you just run in blind with no plan? You need to have steps and a blueprint to know what you're doing. Right. But I mean, okay. So if you even take war out of it, like he, he led the league in steals, I think, four times. He was a four or six-time All-Star. Like the defensively, Gold Gloves. I think he had four gold, four, four gold gloves. Yeah, was he one, two, three, four, five? He had five. No, four Gold Gloves, Golden Tomahawk Award. Okay. So again, he led the he led the league in steals multiple years. Like across the board, and plus, you know, he could have been a home run hitter. He had hit double-digit home runs multiple times throughout his career, not just, you know, hitting for contact, even though that's what he was known for because he was but, other than defense. Right, but do you think, like, okay, he's had double-digit home runs, but do you think, like, his speed and everything else, like, overshadowed that? Well, that was the thing because he was never he was never supposed to be that, but he could. And that was, like, it's like that Hall of Fame thing where they're, like, picking – little things and like that. And they're like, well, he didn't home run. Well, he did. And then if you look at, okay, home runs, you look at war, you look at his stolen bases every year, his golden gloves, you know, all-star selections, everything like this, like across the board, he's had a stellar hall of fame career. And let's say 3% that you get for that hall of fame. And the only thing he doesn't have is a world series. Exactly. And like, the thing is, is, it's so irritating when it comes to hall of fame voting, because you even well, because see- it's all writers They They don't, it's not players. Right. And like some of those writers could really like, they've been around long enough and I trust some of those writers, but like other than that, like if you have somebody that's around like two years younger than me and becomes an MLB writer, baseball association, whatever writer, and you're going to trust him with people that like Todd Helton, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, like if you go back that far and those people in that era, why are they allowed to vote on that if they don't even know besides stuff on YouTube and stuff? Like it doesn't make sense why you have a vote. And it, once baseball Hall of Fame is so irritating too because if you end up – you essentially get voted off the island. You end up having a lower and lower percentage and then you end up being forgotten then you're off the ballot. So why don't you do, – that's why I say So why don't you – okay, so why don't you do a collective? Like, okay – X amount of writers get this many votes, uh, coaches and administration, whatever front office you pick from that pool and you pick the best ones and then you rotate them. They don't, that's not like a lifetime thing. Like you rotate them like every, 
every spot you get it, you get to vote for X amount of years, and then they cycle more. And they I like cycling. that. So you like have like an electoral college or college, yeah, and you just kind of like, I mean, like kind of like the the college football playoff, like it, even though it's for games, which I still think is dumb, and you select it and everything, but whatever. It's that premise of having this many to be able to vote for, or like even Heisman, like you vote for the Heisman, they're all Heisman Trophy winners. And uh, you got some writers in there. You got some things like it's all different opinions to look at it on all angles to come up with it. Hmm, interesting. Like that. Okay. Now this is what I want to know about baseball. Okay. When you get into the, you know, national football league hall of fame, you get that, you know, you get the jacket. What do they give you when you enter Cooperstown? You get a trip to Cooperstown. Like you don't get like, you know, like, a, like it's like a hat or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah, I'm sure they get, but you know, you, get swag. you know, like in the NFL hall of fame, like, and I, I don't want to take away from baseball, you know, you also get like your head plaque and everything like that. Like that, that's what I'm wondering about with baseball. Like that's like, what do you get besides your speech and you know, hot women crying and clapping over you? You and hot women, I swear to God. Oh yeah. Because I manscaped. Um, Kiwis. <laughs> Oh, well, that should be. We should ask if we could change your uh, your guys's code to the Kiwis instead of uh, sports. Use code word hot women. Hot yeah, women, hot women and slash kiwi. kiwi. So you don't get any pay for being in the MLB Hall of Fame unless if it's for special appearances they make with the Hall of Fame or at the Hall of Fame. Um, just mainly all like their like elections and stuff. Like how they end up getting elected, but like the way that the BBWAA, the Baseball Writers Association of America, you end up having 10 consecutive years on. Okay, so you can't have somebody like my age that hasn't been a beat writer for long. They have to have 10 years. So that's pretty much going to be your cycle through that you have your 10 years and then you end up breaking it down. And all right, this is Francisco Lindor. And I saw him at the ass end of his career. Like that all makes sense to a point. But again, though, even like you shrink it down, I'd say five years do it a five year. Yeah. And like that makes sense because you're going to see all the new people that are going to end up becoming something like your Vladimir Guerrero juniors. And you're going to see people like Mike Trout that or Albert Pujols that was on the end of that career path. But I think the thing is when it comes to the MLB Hall of Fame is that, like, it pisses me off that one person, Mariano Rivera, was the unanimous Hall Mm. of Famer and the only one when you have guys that deserve that. But Rivera Rivera isn't an argument at all. He deserves it. But he shouldn't have been the first one. Yeah, no, there should have definitely been people before him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before I want to ask you two, because, you know, I'm not that much of a baseball guy. Who did you think also deserved that treatment that Mariano Rivera got? Because that's when I really started to pay attention to baseball around that time because I remember the Indians are playing the Yankees and they're giving him gifts and everything like that. And then the Yankees go to play the Twins in that town. They're giving Mariano Rivera gifts and everything. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, I vaguely remember this man, but this man had to have been a beast. And thanks to the power of the Internet doing my research, I'm like, ah, okay, he's on his way out the door, obviously. Yeah. but. He was the the first player where that spotlighted that for me. So, who else do you think deserved that treatment before um, him, so or, like, or who does in general? They just started doing that more often, like near like Mariano Rivera. I think was like the example of like your like your last kind of like go around at like stopping at all the cities you play with because like 
for one, he's a legend as it is, so he's going to end up making, even if he wasn't a Yankee player, he would end up having, like, the same treatment because he was just that damn good. But, like, then after that, I want to say Joe Maurer, the Twins' old catcher oh, and first wow. baseman, I think they ended up doing the same thing. But, like, before, from that aspect of a unanimous Hall of Famer, I feel like... That's the thing is that, like, it even counteracts your point because, like, you end up having to take away the performance-enhancing drugs or the steroids. You have to end up putting that aside, and I think that that might be why Mariano Rivera was a unanimous Hall of Famer is because he did it, as far as we know, the right way in the clean way. Hmm. Right, but I'd say there's still more. I mean... But, like, how many more is there that didn't juice? I'm going through it right now. I'm kind of, I'm going, I got the list up. I'm just going through it. Like when I'm thinking that, like Trevor Hoffman was before him, the Padres' old school closer that leads the MLB in career saves. Nolan Ryan, ninety-eight percent. Frank Steele, Robin Yui, Carlton Fisk. Carlton Fisk got seventy-nine percent. I could, yeah, Fisk and Nolan Ryan, I could easily agree on. Eddie Murray, thirty. He he was eighty-five percent. Wade Boggs, 91. Eddie Murray was old when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. He looked like he played. He was like flashback. Like he was like, he played in the 70s and he just kept right. that era all the way through. What's like one the... of my dad's friends or something. Exactly. <laughs> What's the percentage the that Babe Ruth range. got in the Hall of Fame? I'm... Good question. All right, let me go. Now I'm go on ass. Yes, keep talking. Yeah, because like. Shit, Saya. 76%. 76? 76. That's uh, That's crazy. How the hell Ooh. did... How did Mariano Rivera get that many votes? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, he had every single voter vote for him. Like, that never happens. Literally. Like, Babe Ruth got a 95.13 percentage. But people still didn't vote for him. You know? Like... How do you not – how do you have Babe Ruth at 95 Joe DiMaggio, 88%. Say that again? Joe DiMaggio, 88%. Like this list that Riggs pulled up, you got Willie Mays at 94.68%, Ricky Henderson at 94.81%, Hannes Wagner, 95.13%, which I once had his rookie card too, by the way. Hannes Wagner, that sounds – wow, that sounds like a rough name. Like this, It's a legend though. Duly noted. Roberto Clemente, 92%. Like, what made the difference then that Mariano Rivera was allowed to have 100% of the votes and you have guys like Babe Ruth? That's my argument from now on. Babe Ruth had 95% of the votes and Mariano Rivera, who isn't even in the same sentence as Babe Ruth, gets a unanimous decision. I don't know if you want to look at the whole generational gap differences or the fact that I hate to, you know, like say, well, Babe Ruth was a drunk, which baseball player wasn't or probably is a drunk. But then I don't want to piggyback up what you were saying about what Mariano did it the clean way, the responsible way. John Daly is the Babe Ruth of golf. So at Ed underscore in underscore Columbus ended up joining us, too. And he ended up giving some names like Griffey, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Frank Robinson, George Brett, Cal Ripken. Mm. 
Randy Johnson, 97%. Pedro Martinez, 91%. John Smoltz, 82%. Ken Griffey, 99%. He got close. Mike Piazza, 82%. Bagwell, 86%. Tim Raines, 85%. Avon Rodriguez, Pudge, 76%. Pudge was just somebody that kind of surprised, though, I feel like. When it came to Baseball Hall of Fame, like, I feel like he just kind of surprised and snuck his way in because he didn't really, like, he belonged. He was a great defensive catcher, couldn't hit for above 200, and he wasn't a home run guy, but he got on base, and he was a great defensive. He was probably the first one that, as you're growing up as a kid, probably between, like, our age, you're probably looking at him and then somebody like a modern player, and you're going to end up working on framing the ball. Like, those are going to be the guys that you're looking at. Here's the, the argument pitcher. the argument for Kenny Lofton. So Jim Tomey, we all know Jim Tomey got in the Hall of Fame 2018. He got 89%. I would put Jim Tomey and Kenny Lofton in the same scale of player. Right. And I guarantee you once Manny Ramirez, like Manny Ramirez is going to be right there too. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's 11 in, in the war thing that I was talking about. He was 11. And then, you know, it went up from there. But a lot of them are like, you know, Barry Bonds because, you know, Asterix, he's not going to get in. The, the writers won't let him in. But, like, the thing is, though, is that, like, and that's another thing. When you end up having guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, this is, again, a great – this is why fan-controlled baseball started becoming a topic because you have guys like this. And I was the one that I mentioned that you should have a steroid part of the of the Hall of Fame. You have all your clean guys, and then you have the separate wing that kind of like WWE has their celebrity wing. Mm-hmm. You have the steroid my, wing. My only thing with, like, the steroid thing, like, again, is cheating. Yes. According to the rules, it's cheating. You're not allowed to do this. That's it's part of the rules. So you got to follow the rules. That's just that's just the name of the game. game these are the rules. You got to do it. He got they got caught. So okay, that's fine. But there's something like with like Barry Bonds again. Even with him juicing, and obviously he was not going to cover up the ball. Doesn't do anything for your eyes. Doesn't oh, do any motor skills. All that stuff. That's just stuff that he already had, and he was probably going to be doing that through his career anyway. That's he just probably that's always in the discussion, right? So you're going to have it to where, yeah, are the home runs going to be inflated? Are they big bombs where he can just knock the cover off and it went out the whole stadium? Of course. But how much, let's just say he didn't juice. How close does he get to the records and everything like that he had if he did not do steroids? Yeah. Like, I mean, in, your, in, your, in your opinion, where do, you, where do you think he would fall? I feel like he wouldn't be at 763 for one. But I feel like he did. I feel like he'd still be able because, like, he wasn't like it wasn't all about like the steroid like era. Like he was in, like he was able to hit home runs before steroids, and he was hitting thirty home runs. I feel like he would just have to play longer, which is fine because then but he, he also go to stole bases. He, you know, he stole bases. He was an outfielder. You know, he had speed. He was the he, first he was, five he was all player around. that you could remember. Yeah, he like he's everything. Like he was. He was kind of like a like a Bo Jackson kind of athlete. Like he he could do everything. But to answer your question, though, where Barry Bonds would fall into place, I think he's somewhere between Hank Aaron at seven fifty five and probably like I want to say probably like that seven hundred mark, like maybe six ninety the late like the earliest. But I feel like he's going to be in that gap still. It's just he's not going to yeah, be. You're, at you're still talking top five baseball player to ever live. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, so okay, then I ask you this. Mariano Rivera got 100% of his vote across the board. 
If he does not juice, does Barry Bonds get perfect? All right, repeat the question one more time. If he did not take steroids, does he hit the 100% mark like Mariana Ferreira did? That's a tough one. So I feel like I want to say Just going yes. after going going after all the things that we read and all the players and also coming into effect of what Barry Bonds was, regardless of juicing, like before the juicing and everything like that, but still great. He was great after that and great before that. So knowing all like, those numbers and everything like that, what would he, would they mark him there? I think you have to. Like I was going to say, maybe you end up having like, okay, like I'm thinking like a scenario that you get busted for steroids afterwards, which again, different story, but like that I can see him not making it. Or if you do, you're going to have the hypocrisy of being criticized over the fact that, oh, well, he made it to the Hall of Fame, but he was on steroids near the tail end, but it was just only slight steroids, this and that. But if he's clean completely, no steroids, same 700 home run hitter, you boost the stolen base number, you end up having a higher average, the less strikeouts have that drop. I think easily he's he's going to be the first one over Mariano Rivera. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, two, yeah. Two things. Like, I think fans, fan control baseball should have their own Hall of Fame. So it can just be a who's who and they can vote in whoever they want. And I know those guys in the steroid trial era, they've apologized in front of magistries and court people. Rafael Palmeiro, exactly. He's always the one that was like, he was the first major one I remember when it came to like the court cases and stuff. Exactly. But I believe like those guys, like, hey, if you want to be in the Hall of Fame during your speech, I want you to admit, hey, I fucked up 20 years ago and I, you know, exceeded to some pressure that I thought was going to make me a better player. And then you basically kissed the league's ass after that and thanked him for that opportunity. And then you ended with, hey, kids, don't do drugs. I, I, I don't know, like, because there are some people, like, regardless of the fact of their own performing enhancing drugs, during that time period, man, they've made the game so entertaining and just it probably influenced oh, yeah. a young man to Name. hit the gym in a clean manner, even a though so time. and so was on a uh, on a drug. Yeah, name a more fun time when we were watching Sammy Sosa and Marvin Guar go at it. Exactly. I mean, that's why people hate baseball now is because you have these pitcher duels and like. I love an offensive game. Like when you end up looking yeah. at the 2017 World Series when it was Houston against the Dodgers, when game six or game five was like nine to eight and it was just back and forth. I loved that. But I also love a good pitcher's duel too. I'd okay. love to see Corey Kluber back when he was in an Indians uniform against Zach Ranke from the Royals. You're talking about a game of just just that one little mess up throws all that shit out. It's all gone. Right. And just like what you were saying, Ryan, like I remember, you know, growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, and like some of the kids on the playground was like, hey, we're Team McGuire. Oh, no, we're Team Sammy. Like, and they didn't like each other and they would always talk trash to one another and everything like that. So, like, to me, those were great times and a damn great rivalry, regardless on what was done behind the scenes. Like, it put butts in seats and the MLB made a lot of damn money from that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'd say in the past, from that point in time, and now it was again. You're talking about the pinnacle of a popularity. Like, if there's another unanimous Hall of Famer, actually, scratch that. I don't even want to go down that route. I was thinking this too. If Barry Bonds ends up becoming in the Hall of Fame, do you guys think that the argument for Pete Rose to be in the Hall of Fame then ends up 
beginning once again because they let Barry Bonds in and he was juicing. And then you have I, Rose that cheated and then you have to let him in or at least have a say in it. After he passes away, they'll put him in. Guarantee you. I guarantee it. Just because it's out of sight, out of mind, and they won't talk about him again. Yeah, because he won't, he won't be able to talk about it. He won't be able to say anything. They'll just be like, in memory of and blah, 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 with the band and shit. Like, yeah, I can see it. I see it coming. It's so irritating, but it's so factual, too, at the same time. I hate the fact that I didn't know who Pete Rose was until I was a teenager watching WrestleMania 14 and Kane choke slammed him or gave him a tombstone pile driver. And now that I know about sports, like, because they were in the Boston Garden that time. And he said, you know, oh, I bought tickets for Bill Buckner, but he, you know, had to bend over to pick him up. And the crowd booed him for that. I didn't understand that. Watching some sports highlights, that's how the Red Sox lost a one world series because of that shit. And it just, yeah. So I'm like, oh, oh, like it just like, I love how like things I didn't know back then I can do research and look up now. Shit like that'll get you killed in Boston. (laughs) I bet. So on that note, it's about time to take another quick commercial break. When we get back though, I Steven R's not coming on today, right? Or did he fly up from Columbus? No, no, he yeah, he's in, he's probably in Columbus. He's okay. he's probably trying to get some money from uh, Keith and Peyton Hillis. It honestly makes so much more sense now. But anyways, when we get back from this next break, we're gonna end up finally wrapping up baseball and talking about Amid Rosario and Jimenez, the shortstop center field combo. What's gonna go on there when? Next week, it's it's opening day, baby. It's about time. It's opening day. Baseball's back. We got fans in the stands. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to hit on a little bit more of March Madness and probably very briefly talk about LeBron James's injury. NFL-wise, I think we're going to just have to put that off for the time being because it's going to be the same shit next week. Anyways, it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. You know what you should do tomorrow, then, if it's supposed to rain? What's that? If he was in town and not playing with me in Columbus, I'd reschedule it and look to Monday. But get your haircut by Cisco the Barber. Mm-hmm. 440-320-2691. 440-320-2691. At Cisco the Barber on Instagram. Again, no openings Thursday and Friday. He's going to be out of town with me. But Monday, he's back in the shop. Literally, at the spot. Mm, the spot, the good spot. The man knows how to use that razor blade for the quick shave. Oh, and if you go to Cisco the Barber and you manscape and you tell your partner you like the We Like Sports podcast, I guarantee you're going to have a great time. Again, Cisco the Barber, 440-320-2691. Guys, we'll be right back on the We Like Sports podcast. Don't go anywhere. If you're bored in the house and I'm in the house board, bored in the house and I'm in the house board, why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. So a little side note, have you ever cut your balls while shaving them? I have and that is painful. I would not ever do that again and I would never shave my balls if it wasn't for Manscaped because once I started using Manscaped, I no longer had to worry about the bleeding anymore. 
more. Also, for any new subscribers, you end up getting replacement blades refilled for your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not only one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the high-patented, high-performance, anti-chafing, manscaped boxer briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSWITHAZ at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And use the code SPORTS. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thanks, Manscaped. Manscaped, use the promo code SPORTS with A-Z, S-P-O-R-T-Z. Ball toner, ball deodorant, ball shaver. And you get a nice bag to shave your hairy bag. Manscaped. Are back here at the We Like Sports Podcast with myself, Riggs. You got Peyton Vince. You got our boy Ryan. We are live here from my dining room because we like to switch it up a little bit. Shout out KM Voice. Shout out Coach. Shout out anybody that is down with us. We thank you. We're humbled to have you guys join us here on Facebook Live, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all any other good platform. Yeah, honestly, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, iHeartRadio as well. Listen to the replay of this show. It's going to be Peyton, Riggs, Ryan. Same show. It's just an audio form. So if you're driving along, going to Columbus, playing some softball maybe, that's what I do is listen to us. Sweet, sultry tones by Riggs. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Listen to us while you're rolling. I hate you. Flint Biscuit. Limp as long as it's not limp rigs, I'd feel bad. Well, it is limp rigs when I am manscaping. But keep on rolling, baby. (laughs) Anyways, as we were talking about earlier with Keith, we were talking about the Indians and Amid Rosario possibly being the center fielder, along with Jimenez being the shortstop. Guys. What are your thoughts? Is is this going to be an issue with Rosario in center field, who's naturally an infielder that's been committing a decent amount of errors in the outfield, yeah. along with the fact that you have Bradley Zimmer, that this is a make-it-or-break-it situation for him. He's either going to be the center fielder or Rosario is going to be the center fielder. But how long does this work until? Or do you end up having somebody like Daniel Johnson – get called up after two weeks like the Indians have been known to do in the past. I wouldn't right. I, I wouldn't even take the risk on this. I wouldn't even put this out on the field during spring training. If dude has a lot of errors made on the outfield, then that's not his spot. You cannot – you can't lead a horse to water. You can't teach an old dog new tricks regardless of how old the man is. Some people are just comfortable and some people are just – they're good at only one thing, and that's okay for them. That really, that truly, that really is. And if you have a lot of faith and confidence in Bradley Zimmer, then why not? This is his make it or break it. This is if you can't perform on this stage right here, and we're washing my hands, and I'm done with you. I like what I've seen with you before in the past out there. So why would I? Why, why would I do that to myself? I want to go into this campaign if I'm a Cleveland Indians manager with my ducks in a row. Not putting the cart before the horse, but I'm going in knowing what I'm getting myself into. And I'm not leaving no question marks on anywhere on that field. Nowhere. Uh, I would say, like, because, again, it's it's not his natural position. So errors are going to happen, and it's only spring training. You've got Zimmer out there. You know, if he stays consistent and then Rosario can do it, I mean, you can switch. 
So you can say that he's not going to maybe be permanently out there. You throw Bradley out there and you at the beginning of the season, you feel it out, see what happens. If it gets better, you know, obviously, okay, he's the day, he's the guy. We keep him out there. Zimmer stays for the days off. Or like you said, you bring up uh, uh, Johnson. You bring him up. And again, you just keep cycling it through till you find the right thing. I mean, Tito's been known for that. Like he, He'll go midseason and bring a bunch up, or if something happens, he'll bring he'll bring people up and start rotating until he finds the thing that sweet spot that he likes. The the thing is, is that like I really want to see Rosario in center field, but like he just looks so unsure of himself right now with the clips that I've seen from spring training. Is that like he's like it's a typical like adjustment, like you're second guessing yourself. Yeah, you gotta that? learn how to track. You gotta learn how to track the ball. Exactly, and that's something that you have to pick up on eventually. But it's like, all right, you got your chance right now in spring training, and then worst-case scenario, you send him down and he's back at his natural position and comes back up two years from now, but maybe proves himself in the spring. Who knows? For next year. But, again, even if he's a natural – if he again, he's a natural shortstop, you could probably put him at second base too. So Yeah, exactly. But then you also have Cesar Hernandez, which was ideally the first – idea of having Rosario at second and then you have He could just be our him. utility guy too. If he again if he picks up on it enough then he could be the utility guy. He can play some, he can play shortstop and he can if he can just decently play in the outfield. And like look at Jose Ramirez. When Michael Brantley got hurt, that's where he got his start pretty much was in left field for the Indians. Right. So So it's gonna be interesting that I think at the beginning of the year is gonna be choppy. I mean, okay, I like I like hearing that right. It's it's gonna be choppy it's it seems like it's I, I hate to seem like I'm going to all these analogies and metaphors, but it seems like it's going to be freshman day in high school day one. No one's going to know their place. No one's going to know their schedule and where to go just yet until you get you give time to gel. And as a Cleveland Indians fan, I'm I don't I'm not trying to wait this much longer for these guys to gel and figure out their natural positions and stuff like that. Like choppy, yes, I want to see maybe the first five to six games. Choppy, if not maybe four, but it's probably going to be the first week or two. For being honest, yeah, I'd say I'd say the first fifteen games. First fifteen games is going to be a lot of moving around. Be a lot you see, of, I didn't want to say fifteen unless he finds something. I was crazy. No, no, unless he unless he finds it within that time. Like I was watching, I, I do it every year. Like before right opening day, you throw major league on. Like mm, you put major yeah. league on, you watch it. But this year, it seems like the closest thing to major league. It's like there's so many guys on there. But nobody knows. Nobody's ever seen. They're young guys. There's a lot. Like, there's a lot of young guys. So you, you got have, that across the board. You have Harold Ramirez, who I never even heard of until like the past two weeks, and he was a Marlins player that the Indians got off of waivers, and he might be making the team now. And you also have Ben Gamble, that used to be a Brewers player. And like your biggest concern at one point was, all right, you have you have Billy Hamilton. What are you going to do with him? You got rid of him because he was hitting dog shit, but here we are now, and there's so many position battles. We still don't know if Jake Bowers is at first base or Bobby Bradley, or are they going to end up giving up completely and just having Josh Naylor at first base and then have another outfielder left? And that's why I say it's going to be choppy. I think the first 15 to 20 games is going to be a lot of shifting around, a lot of guys playing those positions to see to see if they're comfortable enough to get it there, and then if they if they show enough. I think Tito will so keep throwing him out there because, again, he's consistently shown it over his career that he's just going to keep he'll, – he'll keep doing it until you completely just throw it out. Right. And, like, the thing is, too, is that when you're looking at, like, this next week 
or not next week, next week's opening day. So like the next two weeks or so, if the Indians still have good pitching and they're like Zach Plesak had a really rough outing yesterday in spring training and he ended up giving up six runs to the Giants in like three innings. Mm. So it's going to be choppy, but if the pitching comes through and you're able to score some offense no matter where you play at, if you're, let's just say, like 8-6 and six after those first two weeks because pitching's carrying along, that's so giving you some optimism close. for the rest of the season. Yeah, you just got to stay close to 500. You don't want to get too far behind. Yeah, you don't want to exactly. Like staying above 500 or just being a 500-part team, that's good. But, like, you can't be – you can't be complacent just being just playing five hundred baseball. Oh no, they got to figure it out by All Star break. I mean, that's that's your that's your. It's got to get done now. Mm-hmm. You got the All Star break, and you have to have everything figured out, or at least mostly figured out by the time All Star breaks over. Because then that's your run. That's that's where you're gonna. I mean, in in history, it says that well, we always the Indians after the All Star break. That's when they catch fire. Yep. But we're also dealing with a bunch of new guys. So, I, I just like I said, choppy. I think it's going to be an interesting year. This could go either way. It could go real bad, or it's going to be real good, or it's just going to be meh. fair enough. I like that. I mean, honestly, I think that's perfect to end up wrapping up for baseball. We've talked about that probably for like the last hour. <laughs> a, little, a little baseball heavy today, but yeah. I liked it. Well, we're getting there, man. It's it's the one thing that's starting to get going to be active. I mean, you were talking about it earlier in the show. People are outside. People are having their four-wheelers, two-wheelers, basketball hoops, baseball, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Everybody's enjoying the weather now. But we also have to talk about the indoor sports, too. LeBron James, Mm. injured for the first time in who knows how long, out six to ten weeks. Who knows if he's going to be ready come playoffs. How much does this impact the Lakers? I think this impacts the Lakers so much because look at LeBron James's journey in the NBA. Every time he sits out a game or he's not involved in the game or he's not with that said team anymore, his energy, his spirit, he is the heartbeat, the soul, and the brain on that court. His knowledge, yeah, it's his knowledge. The knowledge is I mean, exactly like obviously people. being a superior athlete and just great. Yeah, like, he makes the people around him that much better. Like, even if he's probably like, oh, he can have a sprained ankle – him maybe sitting on the bench and just shouting stuff to players, that might help. But if he's not physically there or not on that team physically, the team it has no identity. They're not the same anymore. And my Ohio person in me, the Buckeye me, is saying, well, you stupid ass, if you would have never left us, you would have never probably had these bad, these two injuries the way you did. Yeah. And and that, that's just my opinion. And if you don't like that, that's fine. But – the man is getting older. We are seeing that, hey, you know, he may be LeBron James, but he's not Superman at the end of the day. Um, I wish him nothing but good health and good spirits. I hope he can come back um, any, um, as soon as possible. But we're really starting to see not LeBron James slowing down as an athlete or as a person, but it's just, you know, like, hey, you, you're a human being underneath that coat when you dribble that basketball. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you have – LeBron James, the greatest player of all time, and this is, like, to go back about if he's on the sidelines. He was literally in a boot on the sideline already, like, not coaching, but, like, supporting his team and just being there. And that's always, like, you need somebody like LeBron. If he's not able to play, you need to have him there in his presence because he's going to end up tearing you a new asshole if you end up... Well, he holds you, yeah, he holds you accountable. 
Right. Yeah. Held accountable with him staring. It's like, yo, oh, do we piss LeBron off? Or I better make this happen. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what great leaders do on teams. Like, not the sports jump. Tom Brady, I heard, is the same way in the locker room. Like, hey, I don't care if coach yells at me. I don't want Tom yelling at me in my face when I'm trying to change out of my cup and cleats. Right. So it's like, and and that's not trying to say that, you know, he is a higher standard of a man than me. No, it's out of that respect factor. And it's, hey, he's been here before. He knows what he's doing. I have to listen to this person. And you can take that to your nine to five regular Joe Schmo job. And it's it's out of respect. You got to respect the veteran. You got to respect the OG. And if I'm the Los Angeles Lakers right now, listen to your coaches. But whatever LeBron is telling you, texting you, or trying to point out something to you in practice that he can't do, especially if you're the next man up that has to fill his position on that court, pay attention. Listen with your eyes and your ears and keep your mouth shut. Because you got you got heavy shoes to fill. Like now, all I'd I, say about everything. Oh no, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. Now I'm interested to look up like who is the backup forward behind him on the Los Angeles Lakers. So if you guys can, yeah, for sure. Right. I'd say the, the only thing, yeah, the, I'd say the only thing they really got to do is just again, kind of like we're talking about the Indians. Just got to get in. Yeah, get I mean, honestly, I feel like this could be a very be better by scenario. The, I mean, if he actually gets in, or, or if they well, actually, they're gonna get in. They'll be in the playoffs unless it completely falls apart. And I wouldn't put it past LeBron being ready for the playoffs or even coming back prior to that. Exactly. So That's- you just got you just got to hold the fort down until you get to the playoffs. So who gives a shit if you get a four, five, six, seven seed, whatever it is, which I don't think even they'll drop that low. I think they'll be like four or five. If he didn't come back, they'd probably fall down a little bit that far. But just get in the playoffs. Just get to the dance. Get to the dance and he's in there. I mean, even like I, and I feel like that's just the most LeBron type situation is that you end up having okay, he's hurt, he's gonna he's gonna end up pulling the superhero move that you always see all athletes do when it comes to crunch time that they're all healthy, and chances are he's out six to ten weeks. It's March twenty fourth right now. Playoffs are going to be what season started late, so like May I think that's their like timetable. So you have them start in May, and then from there. You have what two months, which is eight weeks. And basically, and basically, just put them on uh, restricted minutes. You put them in for like half the game. You start them slow, get them back to game speed before the playoffs go, and then he's full. It's just full go. And it's the most LeBron type situation too, because he's always the one that's always ready when it comes to the like. It, it just makes sense that LeBron's going to be a part of the playoffs, just like LeBron's going to be a part of the finals. It just it's common sense now. It's just the way life is. Guys like Markeith Morris, Alonzo McKinney. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, uh, j- just to name a few on that team. Those guys, oh, Jared Dudley, those guys, now that LeBron James is not there to carry that load, like those guys need to. It's going to be a heavy rotation going. E- exactly. Like those guys are going to be playing a lot of minutes. Those guys are going to be tired. They're going to be, you know, aggravated. And, you know, it's the next man up situation on that team. So, you know, more power to the Los Angeles Lakers organization. And, LeBron, I just hate to say this. Like, I feel like if you were still with us in Cleveland, you would not be as injury, not injury prone. You wouldn't have had these little minor bumps in your armor right now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's just, it's so irritating as a fan because you end up seeing that. It's kind of like, for example, uh, when like the Cavs were, like, let's just say we go back to when the Cavs lost Kyrie but you still had LeBron but you still had to get through the Warriors what if you end up having like 
similar situation happen, and Steph Curry ends up being hurt. Supposed to miss the rest of the season, and the next thing you know, he's ready to go a week before playoffs start, and you have to deal with Steph Curry in the finals, or he's ready by finals, you know? Like, it's just that type, like, LeBron, and, like, it's comparable. Honestly, like, like Clay Thompson, I feel so bad for that dude. Oh, the dude man. can't stay healthy. It sucks. No. Yeah, that... Like, just gets there, and right before it starts, just the rug, right off the mudroom. Now, can you imagine if LeBron were still on the Cleveland Cavaliers and he had this injury right now? I feel like, oh, there's our season. We're not going. You know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. would be the well, season. Like, it would be a great cloud over the city, for real. I, I guess it goes back to that thing, too. Like I said, if, it, if even if it was, depends on the team. Because if LeBron was on the team, what team would we have right now? Like, would, would you know, our Garland and Young Bull, all of those, would they be on the team? Right, would exactly. You have, or would you have drafted differently because you had LeBron, or have you lost all your draft picks because LeBron's there and you use those to bring guys in? So honestly, again, you might go ahead. Honestly, I think it's the fact that you're not you're not going to have any youth whatsoever. It's all going to be LeBron wants this guy, LeBron wants that guy, LeBron wants this guy. I mean, otherwise, if you think that that it's a possibility that you keep a young prospect or a young rookie, look at Andrew Wiggins. They would have kept him if that was the way he always played, but he plays one way and he plays to win now. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it, it, like you say, that it's just you know everything's different. Like it would be, it'd just be a different team. Like you would, these guys wouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Well, switching topics, I know we hit on NBA very briefly. We hit on March Madness a little bit early on. My voice is going in and yeah, out. I'm like, I, I was thinking, I'm like, I might just get up and get him a water. Like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I feel like you're, like, hitting puberty <laughs> right here on camera on Facebook Live. And Twitter and Twitch and YouTube. 7.30 to 9.30 on Wednesdays. Anyways, as we were talking about earlier with March of Madness, I mean, honestly, with the upsets that you've had so far, what has been the most surprising upset that you've seen in college basketball during March Madness? Because right now, I'd have to say Oral Roberts has to be one of them. Uh, Abilene Christian over Texas, a 14 over a 3 was pretty impressive. And also, Syracuse being an 11 seed, that was... I would have picked Syracuse if I would have known Syracuse was in that, but they were in a play-in game. See, me, like, I... When it comes to these upsets this year, like I've only been magnifying and looking at our Ohio State Buckeyes when it comes to the bracket. But now there's other teams that I am interested in. And when it comes to the next round of games, I will let you guys know who I see pursuing to the next round and being another upset. Yes, I am hometown bias, home state bias. Buckeyes do or die. Right now they're not in the tournament. They're not going to continue and exceed. So... I have to do some homework and completely evaluate myself for this next situation. Yeah. Ryan? Well, oh, I'm just, I'm reading this damn bracket. It's, it, it's mind boggling what happened <laughs> in this thing. But yeah, no, it, it's, it's all the, all the upsets that I thought would happen completely. Like those ones went back and then the ones that I didn't see coming, obviously were the ones that got through. Like I thought Winthrop, like I watched Winthrop play before and I was like, they could definitely be Villanova. And then 
you know, like you look at uh, Colgate. Like I saw another one with Colgate. Like I was thought, man, they could they yep. could beat Arkansas. I had them too. And like teams right. like that, I was looking. I'm like, what the hell? I've never heard of this team before in my life. I've never heard of this team before in my life. Like, where is this team located? Where is that team located? And then it makes me think, like, okay, you know, well, maybe anything really can happen because you know you can't always rely on the big powerhouse heavy teams to just smack everybody around you know like those cinderella's wins so cinderella stories are absolutely amazing and fantastic to watch oh yeah that's what makes that's what makes march madness so great and i said and like i said at the beginning of the show it's uh it's that year where it, because of the off year and all that stuff I, I fully believe that a lot of these teams because they play together took advantage of being together that long and it showed because it's like the Big Ten, I thought for sure they'd have multiple teams inside the Final Four, multiple teams in the 16, multiple in the eight. Like, I, I figured that was going to happen. And there's one, Michigan. And, I mean, honestly, Michigan, like, I have, like, one of my friends that's a Michigan fan, and I even said, too, I'm like, just because at that point, I'm like, don't be surprised if you end up having, like, LSU beat you because that's just the way this bracket's going. And then afterwards, we were at softball. We were playing a pickup game. And he ended up saying that Michigan ended up winning, blah, 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 talking his trash. And my one buddy, Pat, ended up saying that Oral Roberts has as many wins as Michigan does in the last 10 years over Ohio State. Mm. Which is very valid. Splat. <laughs> but, it, I mean, going back to the brackets, though, I mean – when I'm looking at mine, like I know I have Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State. I picked those two for the Sweet 16 matchup. Um, Michigan I had going to the Final Four, I believe. Gonzaga. Actually, let me look at it instead of guessing. I remember like two years ago, I remember I wanted uh, Loyola, uh, Chicago to go all the way because like they had such a great story yep. behind it. They like, still have that white kid with the mustache too that was around back then too. And I'm like, why does this guy look familiar? And it was the dude that was back then. And like again, like you were saying earlier, Ryan, when it comes down to like these smaller schools, he's been around for three or four years. You have that chemistry and you have that leadership like, oh shit, this is the big dance. This is what you could expect. I've been here as a freshman. I've been in your shoes. Now try it. Now prove it. That's where you can close the gap on talent. Like again, you can't talent's just talent. You can't beat talent. Right. But you can get close with experience and things like that to squeak by and sometimes you get lucky and you blow them out, which again, there's a lot of teams on here that are blowing people out. Like USC over Kansas. That was a huge blowout. Oh, yeah. But, like, as we're looking at the bracket, I had West Virginia over, uh, let's see, it wasn't even Syracuse. Oh, no, it was. I had West Virginia beating Syracuse. Then I had, what else did I have? I have, at this point, I'd have Syracuse winning over Houston, but I had West Virginia going to the Final Four. Um, Arkansas, I really have a feeling that Oral Roberts is going to end up Winning against Arkansas, I think that's gonna. I think they're gonna be they're that carrying, Cinderella story. They're carrying all the, the momentum right now. And then Gonzaga, I have winning it all, but I'm even doubting that because even when they played Oklahoma this past that's my, weekend, that's my thing. Like uh, Crichton, I had, I had them in my bracket getting there to play Gonzaga. Yeah, and same here. I had one bracket when I had one win, one bracket the other. My official bracket, I had Gonzaga moving on, but. I think Crichton or Creighton might beat them. 
I think they got a good chance to take them down and upset them. Then uh, you got what USC Oregon. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a game to watch, but I think yeah, USC that's gonna wins. be one. I think USC pulls it out, but again, Oregon could beat them. As long as Oregon uh, doesn't play at home, I think their 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 court it just uh, it is weird. It yeah, is it's, weird. It's, it's yeah. very. Like, I think I'd probably twist my ankle just running on it just because it's so... Yeah, like, I'm trying to describe it, and it's just, like, I'm squinting my eyes, and I'm just seeing, like... Well, it's just how Oregon is, though. It's Oregon, Oregon. Like, they're literally the same way all the time. Like, you literally have all these bright-ass colors. You have a duck on your helmet or... That's the home of Nike. Like, yeah, it literally is. that. Like, if you're going to end up being an athlete and you want a sponsorship right away, I guarantee you, you could hit up Nike if you're like, hey, I'm going to Oregon. Oh no! They have, that, that's why they have all the jerseys and stuff like that. And everything like that. They, they 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 supply everything to them. Yeah, like I guess like when you're going. I to think like, the guy. I think one one of the presidents of the Nikes an alum at Oregon. That makes sense. I forgot, makes a lot of sense. I forgot who it was when you like. Oh, I'm interested in going to Oregon. Oh, okay, we're gonna give you a tour of the school. Oh yeah, here's a locker room or here's a room with every single Nike shoe. Oh, you have access to these, by the way. And that and that yeah, like there's like this mm-hmm. NBA rumor that they said that they show you the shoe room in Oregon. Yeah, that almost made me stay. Yeah, I forgot what show it was, but it's it's damn true. Like any Nike you want is there for you to take to play on oh, the yeah. court, though. So you got and then you got Michigan, Florida State. I had them in, so that game I had. As much as I don't like Michigan, they do have a good squad. Juwan Howard's doing an excellent job as a head coach. Damn. Florida State's a tough team, though. Florida, Florida State, State I team. think, might end up beating Michigan, honestly. Like, that's what I'm saying. That, like, along with that other game, that game is also one to watch because that's going to be a good game. And I think like, the, it should be. the best part about this bracket is that, like, this whole entire year, it's been so weird, like you mentioned. And, like, you had Cleveland State in March Madness, which was the first time in how long? And then on top of that. I believe. What's that? 2009, I believe. Two thousand, Yeah, so 12 years ago now. So you have them in the bracket. You have Ohio University, and they're the first MAC team to actually do something in the tournament because usually Buffalo was the last three years and they were a first round exit. Yeah, and Kent then you State have, had some success back in the early two thousands, mid two thousand, I think it was. Kent State had some had some runs in there. I think I think it was when Antonio Gates still played basketball at Kent State. I think they were in the they were in the dance. Yeah, I remember when Antonio Gates played basketball. Yeah, but. Well, he only played basketball. He never played football. He was drafted never playing football. Really? Hmm? That's crazy. He was a basketball player. They drafted – yeah, he was a basketball player. They just said, oh, make him a tight end, and he's one of the greatest tight ends ever left. Imagine what that talent would have been like if he actually stayed as a basketball player. They're like, where would he be at? Oh, he'd have have been – he'd probably been a pro. But I still still think he was obviously – once you take him out, and they like, again, not playing a – playing a minute of football or he probably played in high school or something like that, but still he didn't play in college. So then you're going to make him. And I think he played one year at Kent state. And that's, that's when they got on his radar and they drafted him. That's, that's amazing. Like it, but like you have all these two sport athletes, that but like you saw it too. Games. Cause like when he would, so that's why he scores so many touchdowns. He just box people out inside the end zone and he just go up and get it. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah, you box out. Yeah, you. And he's tall too, as is. He was a basketball. Oh yeah, player. he was six 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 five. Oh six, yeah. Six. Oh, and he's a tight end. Yeah, because tight ends are like six 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 oh. seven. Oh yeah. But on that note, guys, let's do a quick prediction thing before we run out of time. So for the Sweet Sixteen, we got Gonzaga against Creighton. Ryan, who are you picking? 
I'm going to go on the limb. I'm going to take Creighton. I'm going to take Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga, and I think I have to go Gonzaga for now. All right, we got USC and Oregon. Let's give it to the Ducks. Yeah, I'll take USC. They've been playing really good. I'll take USC as well. Michigan against Florida State. I said it earlier. I think Florida State beats Michigan here. I would like to see Florida State beat Michigan as well. I don't care what sport it is, Michigan, you're going down. I'm going to take Michigan. I've watched them play. They're a good team. It's going to be a close game, though. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll come down to it. Florida State can't win this game. Hands down. But I think Michigan's going to win as much as it hurts my heart. <laughs> UCLA or Alabama? Originally, I hit Alabama, but right now UCLA looks like one of the best teams in the tournament. I know. I'm going to have to pick UCLA over Alabama, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the championship game. Let's go with UCLA myself. Okay, Alabama, right, last time I paid attention to them, Avery Johnson was their uh, coach, former NBA player. I could take it down and I play the basketball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. He's so literal. He um, yeah. I'd like to see UCLA. I'll, I'll roll with you. I'll roll with you on UCLA. Sounds good. We got Baylor and Villanova. Honestly, I think this is the part where Baylor ends up exiting out and Villanova continues on. I would go opposite, and I would like to see Baylor beat Villanova. Yeah, I'm going to go with Baylor. All right, we got Arkansas. Arkansas. Arkansas against Oral Roberts. I'm picking Oral Roberts. A 15 seed over a three. I got to go Oral Roberts here. Well, 15 is my lucky number. So, yeah, let's go to Oral Roberts. Hey, they beat Ohio State. I'm I'm, I'm rocking with them. All right, we got Loyola Chicago against Oregon State. I have Loyola Chicago, and I picked that matchup too, and I have Loyola Chicago going to the Final Four too, I think, after West Virginia exited out. Let's go, little Chicago. Done with it. Rewrite that story. And then we got Syracuse against Houston. Honestly, I want to take Houston, but I think Syracuse is on a roll right now, and I have to go Syracuse instead of Houston. Houston just doesn't seem like they can get past the Sweet 16. So if that's what their plateau is, then then I guess they're going to stay. They can't get past the Sweet 16. Let's, let's go with Syracuse. I'm going to go with Houston. I think they break it. They get in. I don't remember that. Fair enough. We'll see what happens again. March Madness, Saturday and Sunday this weekend, I believe. I'm 99% sure that's what it is for the Sweet 16. Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So I was right. Saturday and Sunday, Sweet 16 and Elite 8. Guys, don't miss the replay on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, and iHeartRadio. Thursday morning, tomorrow at 9 a.m., 7.30 to 9.30, Wednesdays, We Like Sports Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all that fun stuff. Ryan, thank you for joining us. We'll be in touch per usual. We'll expect you next week. We'll be talking sports. Don't go anywhere. And just because I want to say it beforehand before it happens next week, I don't care what happens, but go Tribe. Go Tribe. Manscaped, thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Stephen R. will be in the house.